My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Here's Michelle and her team ready to take on sports. Sports. I don't know. We were almost in tune. <laughs> yeah, <That was> <laughs> almost <laughs> closest we've come. Let me introduce. Let me introduce you to the team we have with us. Brent R. Baker. He is the author of this book, Breaking Yesterday. He is all around awesome guy, and so glad to have you with us today. Brent R. Baker. have with us pastor and chaplain and his photo is sideways so if you're listening you're okay if you're well, ah there he is <laughs> Gary Bang. get ready to get now we're going to start the program today. We may have others of our usual team joining us, but delighted to have you guys with us because there's a lot going on. We're going to start with, I think it's the biggest news because it's a playoff, right? Stanley Cup playoffs could be the last game as the Avalanche have pulled ahead of the Lightning, have already been there the last two years. Do they need to go again? But... Um, a big deal. You guys been following Stanley Cup? Yes. Yes. All right. Any anything that's just stood out to you guys? The Lightning this year, this season, they have just been all about the comeback, and so I'm hoping that they're gonna they're gonna finally decide to come back in this one. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if Colorado won. But, but I'd just like to see it be an exciting finish. Yeah, it's been, it has been a pretty entertaining series. But there was something yeah. that happened yesterday I really wanted to get your, you guys to weigh in on. I'll try to explain it for those who are listening. But last night, Tampa Bay scored. They got on the board, but it was a weird and controversial play where the a Lightning player knocked with his stick the face mask off of the goalie and then the goalie is there his face mask is off and then the lightning guy scores and i'm thinking what the heck are you kidding me let's take a look at it in case you've missed it and for those who may not have seen it you'll hear the play-by-play if you're just listening oh, you can't script this any better darcy kemper makes three terrific saves and as the puck is cleared to the point this shot there. catches kemper in the mask and boom now remember kemper's coming back from a concussion after taking did you see that in the mask the rebound is right on the door right there in the face and for me I was appalled because I don't think there should ever be a time where a keeper has to choose between protecting his face and guarding the net. But there is a ruling 9-6 where the goalkeeper, when the goalkeeper loses a helmet or face mask and the opposing team has control of the over the puck, play continues and it only stops if there's no immediate and impending scoring opportunity. I think this is a nasty rule because that means I could go up, whack you as you're low down there, whack you with my stick, take off your face mask and distract you and then score. 
Not that was purposeful what happened, but that's essentially what took place. Yeah, I think I was going to say, first of all, when you talk about immediate and impending, to me, that says there isn't enough time to try to take advantage of the situation. And this, to me, fits that criteria. So I don't have a problem with the goal as the rule is written. Now, maybe the rule needs to be amended. So as soon as it comes up, yeah. play automatically stops. That might be. And I like, think that's like, where, that, where that, it should be. If a face mask comes off, blow the whistle, um, it's done, it's dead. As soon as that, and that's what the, uh, to me, what the determining factor should be. When that face mask came, comes off, that's when play should stop. Boom. Because we need to, uh, for crying out loud, nobody has teeth in the NHL anyway. Could we just protect yeah, so a few of what's left? You're speaking like a Colorado Avalanche fan here, Michelle. You're tired of seeing the Lightning win, and so you didn't want to see that. No, I'm speaking like someone that gets tired of bad calls and thinks that there should be better rules. Say this with soccer. We don't always protect people because we're too busy playing with theatrics. And I don't like theatrics. It didn't well, really matter in the end, Garrick, because the flippin' avalanche came from behind and in overtime play, they won anyway. So this goes into obscurity, well, but I think second, it's a... That it's, second, that game-winning goal in overtime is actually, from a rules standpoint, a much bigger problem. Ah, than, good point. Than the one that scored with the guy's mask on. Yeah, for those who because, don't know, talk about it. So in hockey... This is one of the things that's easy to miss on TV that's a lot easier to see when you see a game live. Substitutions happen during the course of live play. And there are rules about how that has to happen. And basically, guys come come over the wall onto the ice at the same time that their teammates are coming off the ice and going on. And there's, I can't remember exactly what the time frame is, but it's brief where you might have the same one guy on the ice and one guy coming off the ice at the same time. So what happened on the game-winning goal was that Colorado actually had an extra man on the ice still because one of the substitutions, the guy came onto the ice like a full, like five seconds before the guy he was subbing for came off. And I think it's like a one-second grace period. And so Mm -hmm. it was well way outside of what the rules call for. Unfortunately, um, even though there's a lot of things that are reviewable in the NHL, that is not a reviewable situation as far as instant replay goes. So even though the goal should not have counted by the rules, because it's not a reviewable situation, it did, and it was sudden death overtime, so it ended the game. So you had the goal scoring and a bunch of people standing around wondering what happened before like the celebration oh, started. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. And, and both of those instances yeah, to yeah, me... Yeah. So show that even in the high level of play with the NHL, there are some things that maybe still need some tweaking, even though it's been going on for quite some time, the, the Stanley yeah. Cup. Go ahead, Garrett. Well, the, the whole thing of replay <laughs> changes the game pretty significantly in terms of officiating. And I think it, in so many ways, it's changed things for the better in terms of things that are reviewable. You had mentioned soccer, Michelle. I personally think that if someone intentionally flops, which is what soccer is infamous for, yes, that you can retroactively be given a card for that. I think they should do that so that when they review the yes. game, game footage, the refereeing commission or whomever it is, they can officially 
if they do that, I think you would see a lot less of that. Yes, um, I love that idea. That's even better than my idea, although I think it's debatable. My idea was that once they've been found to have flopped, that they should have to play in a in an NHL game and play with the big boys. <laughs> without there. A <laughs> and see what it's really those guys that get their teeth literally knocked out, as I mentioned, and then spit it out and then go back into play. <laughs> and going back to your whole NFL thing or NHL thing, and I was just giving you a hard time about being an Avalanche fan. <laughs> the thing is that you can see potential for abuse there too, because if there's a threatening situation and a defender accidentally bumps his goalkeeper's mask off, then play stops. Yeah. And that would obviously would not be fair. So there's potential for abuse of that rule. So I can there see why is. if it's in the run of play and the mask is off, you know, then obviously we don't want to see people getting hurt. And that's ultimately. That really should be, priority. that really should be the ultimate, but there you go. So another final that's taking place this weekend the New York Rugby New York versus the Seattle Seawolves for Major League Rugby. Now, Major League Rugby is fairly new in the U.S., and it's exciting for the Seattle Seawolves. That, the first thing that's controversial to me is the flipping time of the game. It's taking place the 25th this weekend, 12 p.m. Eastern time. That's 9 a.m. in the morning. This is the final for a major league sport. This isn't professional Frisbee or something, which doesn't have a big... This is a major league sport. You couldn't pick a better time than 12 p.m. Eastern. Are you kidding me? I actually don't think that's a terrible idea. If you look at what in football, what the Pac-12 has been dealing with in terms of finding airtime slots which can maximize mm -hmm. the visibility of the conference. It's been a major problem for them getting publicity and getting like people on the East Coast to see them. And one of their solutions, at least the rugby game, is actually taking out, kicking off at noon where they're playing it. They're talking about in the future potentially having some Pac-12 football games kick off at 9 a.m. here in the West Coast where they're played just so they can get that noon Eastern time slot. Mm -hmm. So... It's not prime time, but at the same time, there's not as much going on. And that's probably a, a, not a bad place for a new a sport as far as um, people's familiarity goes. I'd for, say tweak it for till them three. To, to break in to get an audience that they may not get if they're competing against other sports that they're already going to go watch. I get your point, but I think maybe push it back to three or two o'clock. We see that with the Super Bowl. It's usually an early afternoon game that kind of accommodates for everyone. But well, it will be this weekend. Go ahead, Garrick. Oh, no, sorry. Here, here's what we don't know in terms of behind the scenes, in terms of when they schedule but, and all those types of extra factors in terms of priorities. And <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. We do know, though, that it is an up-and-coming league, and it is freaking entertaining, and it is going to be this weekend. And by the way, Seattle is almost like the lightning of rugby. <laughs> this is their third time, really, in four years that they have been to the finals, and they've won it all. Like the very first two inaugural years of Major League Rugby, Seattle. So Seattle is really a force to be reckoned with. They Okay, they stunk 
like in 2020, 2020. I, say, I didn't follow them this year, but last year I did, and they were awful. They, they stunk, <laughs> but but they are undefeated in the playoffs, and so they have a perfect playoff record in their five years of existence. So that is pretty exciting. So you may be a New York fan, more power to you, but not as much as to my Seattle Seawolves, of course, just Michelle, plain favorites. If you also, if you want to watch a sport that does not have much flopping, there's one place to go. <laughs> <laughs> or helmets to come off. No, Seriously. You know, it's just a single game championship, a final rugby it is. game. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. Here's a little bit of trivia, and I think it is time that we get to our trivia question of the day. Are you ready, folks? Here we go. Trivia question. What is North America's oldest professional sports trophy? Boom. Professional sports trophy? Professional sports trophy. Are you ready, I'm gonna, guys? I'm going to throw the Stanley Cup out there. And there you go. You are correct. You would be correct. That was going to be my guess, actually, yeah. and I'm not just saying that. I'm... It's a... <laughs> no. That's because Garrick cheats and reads my mind. Oh, dang it. <laughs> that is so unfair. Yeah, the Stanley Cup, we do know the Major League Rugby, Rugby Shield is fairly a new trophy but truly the stanley cup is the oldest professional sports trophy and by the way extra points for the first american team to win it in 1917 seattle the new york rangers yes it is it's the seattle metropolitans (laughs) (laughs) that's scary yeah yeah that's right can you believe that and interesting yeah i remember that game (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm not even going there I am not even going there. Yeah, just for me, it was cool because in 2017, I happened to be at the the museum there in Toronto, which pays homage to the NHL. And I got to see the trophy and some of the paraphernalia from Seattle Metropolitans. And why is that cool? Because it was in 2017, while I was at the museum, that the big announcement was made that Seattle would have an expansion team, which has now become not so great of a team yet, the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, to be honest, that is the only reason I know that. Not so much the Stanley Cup question, but about the Metropolitans, because that was one of the, as they were debating and holding a contest for the the name of the, that became the Seattle Kraken, uh, Metropolitans was one of the options that was thrown out there yeah. to honor the original team that did win the first Stanley Cup. So pretty yep. cool. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Just as they were heading into a pandemic, actually. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Think about how history repeats itself seriously. So... I can. I think they could have done better with naming the stadium, but I like the name of the team. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there, and I will always balk at the fact that it's an ice arena that is sponsored by Starbucks, and there's no place to get a hot drink like a latte. So there you go. That's my and whiny moment for the Seattle day. People, it's called <laughs> Climate Pledge Arena. Climate so. Pledge Arena. Weird, but okay. There you go. Now we know that. America, the for that America prizes one prize in in sports more than anything else, and it really is the Super Bowl in the U.S. Oh, I thought you were going to say money. 
Yeah, that I would say that, but as far as sports is concerned, the Lamar Hunt Open Cup trophy. The oh, NF, okay. yeah, there you go. The NFL is a big deal, and so we're going to go to some football news. Baker Mayfield just will not stay out of the news, and so they're still debating will he be a good fit for someone like the Carolina Panthers or the Seattle Seahawks and does he really have the arm for it does he really have the ending to be the first line quarterback he's had opportunities with top teams before and hasn't really capitalized on it so it's getting down to crunch time what say you Brent I know that, especially when he first came in the league, he came across as having a bit of an attitude. But if there's a guy who's gotten a raw deal, I think that's him. Mm. He, this last year, the Cleveland Browns had high expectations that they didn't really reach. But he played a lot of the year injured. And it was one of those situations where he could have, he could have stepped out so that he could get surgery or whatever and played through an injury, and obviously his performance wasn't as good. So then what does Cleveland do to reward him is that they go out and they give nine figures of guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson, who at the time had 24 lawsuits against him yeah, for sexual yeah. misconduct. Nice. Now, 20, 20 of nice. those have been settled. Four of them probably are going to go to the distance and go into court. So Cleveland now has this quarterback that they've given all this money to, who may end up getting suspended and not play for the next year or two as he didn't play last year. And the guy that they had that they just signed this guy in favor of, they may need maker Baker Mayfield and whether or not they burn too many bridges to keep him is a really good question, but Cleveland has a history of doing really stupid and foolish things. So whatever the worst option is for the Browns is probably what they'll choose. If I were like the Seahawks or the Panthers, I guess they're in similar situations, but I would be happy to pick him up if he gets cut uh, because then you don't have to have nearly as much to deal with from a salary cap perspective. I would not trade a lot for him because you're in a rebuilding mode and what you really need is – to find a quarterback that you can build a team around. And I think there's enough questions around Baker Mayfield that you don't necessarily want to give up a lot of resources or invest a lot in him with a young team at this point. Yeah. So I would, if it becomes available, I would probably be more in favor of signing like Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're in Seattle, a lot of people wouldn't that, but the way he's played against Seattle and the way he's played against everybody else are two different things. Mm -hmm. And the guy has been to a Super Bowl, which Baker Mayfield has not. That may, that could be an option, huh, too. Good, good thinking. I appreciate that. As you mentioned, a suspension. There's another NHL or NFL suspension. New Orleans Saint running back Alvin Kamara. He might be facing a notable suspension and was involving an incident in a Las Vegas nightclub during the Pro Bowl weekend. He was punching an unconscious man in the face, basically. It's, oh, great. That's really classy. Nice. One thing I do appreciate, to be honest, is is the suspensions to a degree where they say, hey, we have to have a standard of, of behavior. But I wanted to regurgitate a story from last week that we didn't get to that had to do with the Washington Commander's defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, who made some controversial 
comments in a tweet where he questioned why the January 6th incident at the U.S. Capitol is under investigation instead of the summer of riots, which is something I've said. And apparently that is worthy of discipline and and problems. The thought police are out there. <laughs> and I find this kind of hypocritical. What do you guys think? Again, it's the same thing that I'm always beating the drum for is consistency, right? If you're going to go after one thing, go after all things. If you're going to ban one type of flag, you ban all flags. If you're going to, so whatever the situation is, you want to be consistent. Now we know that just Hmm. isn't probably ever going to happen because, because we, because of the world that we live in. And so it's just, it's frustrating because it's once again, politics getting into sports. That's that for me is the problem. Politics getting into sports. I just want to go and watch. I, I, I don't know what you mean by the flag thing, but I don't want them to say, okay, we can't have an Antifa flags. Okay. Yeah. But we have the American flag and it's do we have to have an Antifa flag? Do we even have to have a Confederate flag? Keep it at home. That's not what this is about. It's about sports. What about the American flag? And what about someone having an opinion? We have lived under the kneel at the national anthem and pig socks, policeman pig socks before. And that didn't get much more than a lot of media coverage and a congratulations. So that's the part that I find hypocritical. Brent? Well, that's what I mean. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. Brent. Okay. No, yeah. I, I hear you. I, you know, I hear you. And I think I'd make the point here that Jack Del Rio, I didn't agree with the tone of his comments, but Jack Del Rio also did not. He posted that on his personal Twitter. And yes, there are things that you do in your personal life that like, say Deshaun Watson or Alvin Kamara here that you don't want to have representing who you are as an organization, but at the same time to express an opinion on your personal account and time, I think is different. And if we start, when you have organizations policing what opinions are acceptable and which opinions are not, Thank you. then you have a big problem. It's not a first amendment of violation because as a private organization, they can do that. But it doesn't it definitely violates the spirit of the First Amendment, which is one of the bases of what our country is supposed to be about. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And if they get into policing, we'll just defund them. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, drop the mic. Thank you very much. Thank you very well, much. That's what literally people are saying, though. Vote with your dollars, right? <clears throat> and that's why so many people have switched off the NFL. It's because it's become too political. And, and so they, they did, in a sense, defund them. I think that's well put. And now that leads me to some good news. And that wasn't good news. That wasn't even close to. That was a boo. That was just an outright boo. But we do have some good news that I want to know. She's just, we, let's push buttons. <laughs> We have some good news in sports. Yeah, that was a sad, some sad, awful ugliness of politics that seems to seep in everywhere. But the good news happens to come from not one of my favorite teams. Sorry, Raiders fans. But the Raiders did something pretty spectacular. They donated one 
million dollars to the Ovalde schools to help shore up their security. And I thought, that's putting your money where your mouth is. Good for you. That's doing something, making a difference. So there you go. Some good news, guys. Yay. Yes, indeed. Okay, good, good. We all agree. Good news. <laughs> <laughs> if we agree, what do we have to talk about? <laughs> oh, we, really nothing. But it's just like, how often do we hear good news? Let's just relish right, it right, for right. a minute. Okay. How often so, do we agree on something? <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to some sad news. And this is sad. The, a Baltimore Ravens linebacker, Jalen Ferguson, died. We don't know why. They said it's natural causes. The guy was 26 years old and in the height of his physical fitness. And there seems to be a lot of dropping dead in sports. A former Purdue star this week, Caleb Swanigan, died at the age of 25. And they're calling this sudden adult death syndrome. You may have heard of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Sudden adult death syndrome has been on the upswing since especially 20, the late 2020, 2021. And from December 2020 to November of 2021, 183 athletes co and coaches have suddenly collapsed. 108 have died. And in most cases, the causes were related to myocardosis, pericardosis, and the second most prevalent cause being blood clots. There's been a five-fold increase in sudden cardiac and unexplained deaths among FIFA athletes in 2021. This is huge, but this may be the only sports show that's talking about it. What the heck? I'll just open because I don't have as, quite as much to say as probably Garrick on this. But uh, first of all, I think you got to really feel for everyone involved with the Baltimore Ravens, um, mm -hmm. the loss of this kid, and also Tony Saragusa, yes. who was 55, and he passed away this week too. I don't know what the cause of that was, but he was part of their Super Bowl winning team. He was a well-known um, NFL commentator for several years. And, from all accounts, it's a really big personality too. So that was like two completely unrelated deaths in the same week that, that are going to impact yeah. that organization pretty profoundly. So that's very sad. Yeah. As far as what's going on with this, as you were calling it, sudden adult death syndrome, I don't know enough. I'm not going to claim to have any knowledge of what might be behind this, but what bothers me is when doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of people interested in really diving into what's going on and why this is happening. That often happens when there's money or interest involved in something that maybe someone does know, but maybe I, that's my latent conspiracy theorist at work here, but, <laughs> but I, it's definitely concerning and it's something that needs to be examined closely and studied and Science being science, you go where the data leads you, as opposed to trying to shape the conclusion that you want to get beforehand. Oh, no, that's, that's the way science used hope. to be. That's my hope. <laughs> it's not my expectation. Right. <laughs> Garrick. No, I think, again, you don't know. There's no evidence coming out, but it's, it is quite concerning and quite alarming. As a competitive athlete myself, still at the ripe young age of 58, I think it, it is, it's worth noting in terms of these situations that are happening in unprecedented numbers 
and it's the big elephant in the room that that as you said michelle nobody is talking about and it's just coincidence another coincidence and so we'll see yeah maybe a <clears throat> dozen to continue to tell maybe a dozen people would be a weird coincidence this is outright scary these are people who are at the height of health they're young they are fit and yet we're seeing an increase in in these athletes just dropping dead so without saying what i think the issue is we might want to look at what changes we made and what every what it since 2020 and 2021 and what everyone had in common maybe that might give us some insight and maybe we could find some answers just saying there you go move unless you guys have something else to say about that very sad issue i'll get to one other sad issue former nascar driver clint boyer was involved in a fatal crash i can't imagine how sad that was he hit a woman she died at the scene crystal substance was found on her and the people who lived with her nearby said that she was had a, a drug problem but nonetheless to drive for a living and then to be driving and to end someone's life i really feel for him too so there's some sad issues coming out of the sports realm right now there's also some wow issues and that has to do with competitive swimming now the swimming's Swimming World's governing body are have are set to make a historic call on transgender athletes. They're what they're looking at doing is saying that look, if you are going to compete as a woman, you would have had to uh, not have gone through puberty as a male. So if you've gone through puberty as a male, you shouldn't be able to compete in women's sports. It's a start. The big concern, though, that some have noticed is, will that just make parents push transitioning and cutting things off and hormones served kids earlier happen? Yeah, I think you summarized my thoughts exactly. I think the end result here, as far as swimming community goes, is a positive one, because as they've shown pretty indisputably, if someone goes through puberty as a man and then transitions to a woman, it doesn't undo the muscle and bone mass that they develop during that time. And so even with the, the physical changes and the hormones and everything, they don't, they're not competing as a natural born woman would. So from that, just that part of it, it makes sense. But exactly what you said, it's, I, I just don't see a justification for having these changes made to someone's body when they're a kid. Don't if see. somebody if somebody as an adult, if somebody as an adult decides they want to transition once they're of age to be making that kind of decision, then they should be free to do regardless of what my well, or anybody else's yeah. opinion is about that. They're not but old enough a, to a own a gun. Or seven or they're, 10 or 12 year old. No, uh, they're not. They are not in a position to be making changes that have lifelong and potentially catastrophic consequences. And it's up to parents and adults to protect them from making those decisions. And I think it's a major failure on our part as a society that this is happening. And so this ruling, unfortunately, could encourage more of that. We've already seen sports parents out of control in a lot of other ways. And <laughs> it's not 
to me beyond the bounds of oh. reason to think that some oh. parents would would take that track. I'm wow. with you. And it's not just it's the swimming world in general. Canada voted in favor of a policy banning transgender swimmers from comp competing in women's events. Kate Campbell, who is a four-time Olympic gold medalist, was backing uh, sex-based distinction in sports and said, hey, if you need to, create a new category, but leave women the heck alone. A swimming body, the swimming body's UK sports secretary said that they were correct in excluding transgender people from women's competition. So people are coming, and even the, a lot of protests have been going on from students and female athletes. People are coming out of the woodwork because it's the, that it, stigma of, well, you are transphobic or you're a hater has been oppressing people, but somehow that door is cracking open and people are saying, wait a minute. And I appreciate that. Garrett? I think we really need to slow down. I just feel like, especially in these last three years, that everything is just accelerated. I was with someone this morning, they were talking about how COVID year should count as dog years because they've in some ways <laughs> it's been like seven years each year or something. But in other ways, things have just, even in the last, what, two years, there, there has just been this acceleration. Gee, I wonder why that happened in the last two years. Hmm. But the, there's all kinds of things where people need to slow down. And unfortunately, the swimming ruling is going to do just the opposite. And they have that saying of kicking the can down the road. This is like kicking the can backwards. It, but either way, it's not responsibly addressing the issue. Oh, and, that's and well the, put, Garrick. Come on. Exactly. It's not. And we have this. I did, it's from the swimming body's perspective. I'm not sure what else more they can do unless it was an outright ban. The well, larger issue yeah. was, was brought to them. They didn't create it. Okay. And, but as I was saying that there is an inconsistency in logic and worldview, you follow it out and it doesn't make sense. I could, I could identify as an NFL quarterback and say, I honestly feel this way. I demand my rights. I demand to be, uh, to play for the uh, Baltimore, for the Ravens. I demand to be drafted. Why can't I? You know, that it doesn't, or how about this guy? Do you guys remember this from a couple weeks ago? The fake Clay Thomas guy that's been banned from Chase Center for Life after impersonating the real the Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it was so funny. He looks a little like him, only not, maybe not as athletic, but he looked a lot like him and he was let in. He didn't say he wasn't Clay. Thompson, but he was led into places. What if he identifies as Clay Thompson? Used to be back in the day, remember, people were getting sent to the to mental institutes because they thought they were Theodore Roosevelt and digging trenches for the Panama Canal. And so, wow, that guy's crazy. Now it's like the lunatics are running the asylum and it is well, affecting you hear the sports. That, that children now are coming to school and identifying as an animals. Yep. And teachers are being required to acknowledge them in that way. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, nice kitty. <laughs> so 
yeah, the world has. Get your kids out of school. Homeschooling is not that difficult. If I could do it, you can do it. I'm just saying we'll leave it there. So lots of other things that are going on in sports and we're coming to towards the end of our show today, but there has been a continue. We talked about this last week, the PGA versus LIV, and they're calling it an arms race because Saudi Arabia, which backs LIV, has been accused but now by Amnesty International of trying to sports wash. They're calling it sports washing, where you're... Uh, trying to whitewash or sports wash your human rights record, atrocities, by hosting big boxing fights, buying the English Premier League's club, Newcastle United, or sponsoring the LIV Golf Series. See, we host these things there and we sports wash the atrocities that we have been involved in. And the PGA says, hey, if it's an arms race and if money's the weapons, we're going to lose. So that's a really big deal that has yet to go away in sports and will continue to be a big story. But that's breaking this week. Amnesty International getting in on the action. So we are they going to call out the NBA for their China connections? Are they going to call out I the U.S. So. Olympic or the okay. International Olympic Committee or yeah. FIFA? FIFA, yes. They should. Yeah, let's, let, if we're going to take this seriously... We need to call out the deeply entrenched century-old organizations and not just the startups. I agree. And I should not only do that, but then how about say, can we get politics the heck out of sports? Now, if they do that, we will have fewer things to talk about on Sports Time Out, but I'm willing to make that <laughs> sacrifice. We can actually go back to talking about sports. <laughs> we can actually talk about sports, which is pretty. I love this time of year in sports, guys, because we have the Stanley Cup final. We have Major League Rugby, which I am falling in love with rugby. I am enjoying it. We have soccer, which is in full swing. There's so many soccer games going on. We have to tape them in my household so that we can watch them throughout the day and try to get caught up. I love this. We've got baseball going on, which we haven't talked about in a couple of weeks. We'll get Joshua McMillan back to talk about America's underdog team maybe next week. But the, lots going on in sports. It's a wide world. And that's why it's going to lead us into our final shot where you might want to bring up your favorite sports story of the week and give a shout out or kudos let's start with garrick i have a special final shot my my big shout out today is to a huge sports fan sadly she's no longer with us and tomorrow we're doing a memorial celebration of life for janine medina she was the wife of a dear song buddy of mine and she used to be out there all the time watching games going to tournaments supporting her kids and just back in March she was diagnosed with leukemia and lost her battle after I'm three sorry. months and it was just heartbreaking and she was also a teacher at Cuesta del Sol in the Bellevue School District here in the, in Washington State in Seattle greater Seattle area in Bellevue and she is just an amazing lady and just, it's going to be heartbreaking tomorrow, but it'll be a great opportunity, I think, to honor her and her memory. And it's going to be held at her school at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's also on Vimeo will be live streamed as well. So my final shot, a heartfelt 
final shot to Janine Medina. Thank you for sharing that. Brent, final shot. I decidedly different tone. This is probably one of the most meaningless but ridiculously hilarious sports stories of the week. <laughs> so if you, anytime you watch like NFL introductions and some guy who played at Ohio State tell, my name is John Smith. I played for the Ohio State University. <laughs> and they always say, make sure they emphasize the Ohio yeah. State University. So three days ago, the Ohio State University managed to legally trademark the word the, T-H-E, as part of their marketing and how does that work? Do we all have to, every time we say T-H-E, do we all owe the money? So, what the so heck? Really? Clothing, t-shirts, baseball caps, and hats, all of the foregoing being printed, distributed, sold through channels necessary to the field of sports and collegiate athletics. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So, okay. You no, know, you don't have to pay the Buckeyes a nickel per word. Because uh, I want it, to. It has to do with a name, but it is a trademark for their sporting apparel and merchandising. Gotcha. I thought I would so, trademark my, as in my yeah. Michelle well, University Live. University of so. Michigan, Ohio State's biggest rivalry, said on Twitter today that they're <laughs> thinking of trademarking the word of just <laughs> yeah. for good measure. So you go, my is still available. All right, good. So I'll, I'll give Ohio State a shot for their unmitigated gall. How's that? There you go. There's their shot. My shot goes to last week, of course, the Golden State Warriors took it all in the NBA final. And that was a fun game to watch. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my bro. Steph Curry will often come out with statements and ideas that I don't always agree on. And I don't have to. That doesn't mean that on the thing that matters the most, who he gives glory to, that's what matters. Everything else but the person and work of Christ, eh, we can talk about, we can debate about, we can argue about, whatever. We can even discuss and have healthy debates about who Jesus was and what he did on the cross. But I'll tell you what, there is something to when a person gives glory in the right place. He says that Romans 8.28 is his foundation. God works for the good of those that love him. That scripture is all things work together for good. All these things. And that means the wins and the losses, the ugly stories we talked about today, even the sad ones can work together for good. There's a bigger purpose, a better purpose, and a hope beyond them for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. How do you get called? Just listen for that calling because he is calling you home today. He is calling your name. He's pricking your heart. He is drawing you near. And that is the good news that we always like to get to with sports. Guys, thanks for hanging out with me today, my brothers. I love you guys so much. And I will see you next week. Thank you. For like us, fun, share us. Go to mymichellelive.com. And subscribe. <laughs>